These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Let's pray together. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to join us here this morning wherever we are, and we trust that you have kept your promise and are among us. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, The other day, I was in Guitar Center. And I found myself standing in front of the bulletin board uh, where the people post notices about the band that they're trying to start. You've, you've seen them. You know, need a guitar player who can sing for jazz fusion combo. Serious inquiries only. My, my favorites are the ones that are clearly just one person who wants to be in a band but is trying to pretend that they have a band they're trying to start you know need guitar player keyboardist or bassist oh really is that it that's just you that's all you need anyway standing in front of the bulletin board at guitar center i got thinking about bands and 2020 and how weird it must be to be in a band in 2020 and if bands are even playing shows right now and uh, how big a practice room you'd have to have to all be standing six feet apart from each other and how well you could sing with a mask on and how silly a heavy metal band would look with masks on and on and on with thoughts like this and then I thought what kind of song would you write right now anyway it seems like it would have to be a blues song Right, 2020 seems like the year for blues. Rock and roll and rap don't really seem appropriate. Country doesn't seem connected enough to what's going on. Certainly something like reggae wouldn't work. Um, Maybe I thought some Philip Glass-style, atonal, repetitive, unpleasant classical music would be fitting. But I think, even more than that, that when we wake up each morning in 2020, we feel like singing the blues. So in light of the blues feeling of 2020, I was struck by the image that we have in our reading from Revelation this morning, this image of the great multitude gathered around the heavenly throne singing a song of praise. They are most decidedly not singing the blues, are they? Amen, they sing. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. This is an unadulterated song of joy. But there is one sentence in the description of that gathering that caught my ear. One sentence that made me wonder about our propensity in 2020 and in this life in general to sing the blues. So just to briefly review what's going on here, John has this vision of himself in heaven and he sees A big, great crowd, a multitude of people standing before the throne of God. And here's how he describes what happens next. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of God. Of the Lamb. And that phrase caught my ear. The phrase that sounds like it's coming from a blues song. 
the great ordeal. One of the citizens of heaven says that this great multitude standing before God and singing his praises have come out of the great ordeal. Don't those words sound familiar to us right now? This life, these years we live, the loves we have, the losses we suffer, admittedly, and praise God, offset by the celebrations that we cherish, this life can be an ordeal. Is there anyone among us who wouldn't count 2020 as an ordeal? Here we are in my living room again of all places. I'm reminded of the movie Magnolia. The movie that I tell people is my favorite of all time, which features Jason Robards playing a man dying of cancer. He's a tragic figure. He's divorced from his first wife. He's estranged from his son. He's married to somebody who only wants his money. And as he lies there dying, struggling for each breath, slipping in and out of consciousness, he says, life isn't short. It's long. This could be the anthem of 2020. It's a blues song. This year hasn't been short. It's been long. Now, I'm not sure if ironic is the right word to use here, but it's almost ironic that these verses, this section of Revelation 7 that I'm talking about this morning, are verses that are commonly read at funerals. And funerals, of course, are the one time when the preacher doesn't have to do anything to convince the congregation that life is an ordeal, that they should be singing the blues. Because even if everyone there at the funeral, including the person who has died, has lived a totally charmed and easy life, everyone has just gone through an ordeal, whether long or sudden, the ordeal of losing a loved one. But that's a funeral. Here we're reading this on a normal Sunday in November, and it's ordinarily a little harder to convince people that life is an ordeal, but not in 2020. We often hear, I think, and say the opposite of what Jason Robards says in Magnolia. We say life is short. What we mean by that is enjoy it while you can, or The good times don't come around all that often or last that long, so take advantage. We can see, I think, as we look at what we mean when we say life is short, that we're actually saying something more like life is short on joy and long on tragedy. Now, don't get me wrong, again, there is certainly joy in life, and I praise the Lord for every moment of it, but it is inarguably true that life is often very hard. This is why people sing the blues, why people have always identified with the blues. This is why half the ads I see on TV are for prescription depression medication. It's even the way that TV markets itself. In fact, an accurate summary of television advertising seems to be, isn't your life a rut of depression and drudgery? Isn't your job terrible? Isn't your home life unsatisfying? At least there's Buffalo Wild Wings. (laughs) These are actual ads you see. At least you can watch The Walking Dead on Sundays. You know, whatever the ad is for is intended to bring you out of what they think and they assume is your terrible life. We are all desperately looking for a way out of this great ordeal. Some look to television. 
some to sex, some to drugs. Everyone is looking for a way out. Everyone is looking for, well, a blessing. And it is into this need, into this search that Jesus speaks. He speaks specifically to this most human of conditions in the beginning of his Sermon on the Mount, commonly called the Beatitudes. He names the human sufferings and then pronounces his blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you. Jesus here is calling out one by one the painful things of human life. Poor in spirit, mourning, meekness, hunger, and thirst for things that are beyond our grasp, persecution, slander. He names them, and then he blesses them. Jesus actually gives his blessing to these sufferers. And this is why Christians don't ultimately sing the blues. Now, today is All Saints Sunday, when we celebrate all the saints who have gone before us, the people who have gathered together in front of the throne of God there in Revelation. But I think most people have the wrong idea when they think about saints. I think normally we think of saints as just really good people. Sainthood, we think, is something that we earn. This is what we've always been taught. People like Mother Teresa, Francis of Assisi, sort of otherworldly people, untouched by the grime and muck of the real world, even if they themselves are living in it. But I want to suggest something a little bit different to you this morning. I want to suggest that Jesus, in his Beatitudes, is actually describing a saint. He's actually calling these people blessed. And what is a saint if not someone who is blessed by God, right? So it is a saint who is poor in spirit, who is mourning, who is meek, who hungers and thirsts for things that are beyond their grasp, who is persecuted and slandered. It's not how you usually think of a saint, is it? We think of saints as John might describe them in our reading from Revelation. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They sing out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Those sound like saints, robed in white and with palm branches in their hands. But John asks who they are. And in the answer he gets, we find out the truth. That these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In other words, their robes didn't always look like that. They weren't always so white. 
These are they who have come out of the great ordeal, like Tim Robbins emerging from the sewage tunnel outside of Shawshank Prison. These saints have been through an ordeal. They didn't always look so clean. They've been mocked. They've mourned. They've hungered and thirsted. They've been persecuted and slandered. In other words, they looked like us. Sainthood then isn't something you earn. Uh, A medal that is bestowed upon you, blessed, isn't something that you become. It's something that you are called in Christ, by Christ. You are poor in spirit. Jesus blesses you. You mourn. Jesus blesses you. You hunger and thirst. Jesus blesses you. You are persecuted and slandered. In Jesus Christ, you are blessed. Oh, remember how I said that these verses are commonly read at funerals? The one time when a preacher doesn't have to convince anyone to sing the blues? Well, guess what? At a Christian funeral, we don't sing the blues. We wear white robes and stoles, just like we have white on the table this morning. The color for a funeral is white. We sing praise songs. A Christian funeral looks a lot like that heavenly host gathered in Revelation 7. We who mourn are blessed. And we sing God's praises. Now you are blessed because at the other end of Shawshank Prison's sewage tunnel, there is freedom. For Tim Robbins, it's raining outside in the Shawshank Redemption. And for us, the elder tells us in John's vision that there's the blood of the Lamb. And of course, the New Testament leaves no doubt as to the identity of this Lamb. This is Jesus Christ. When John sees the multitude gathered in Revelation, they are gathered before the throne of God and the Lamb. The potential courtroom scene is all set up. The judge is there sitting on his throne, and the Lamb is there ready to defend the saints. But he doesn't defend us with a good opening statement and oral arguments like a lawyer might. He defends us, the scripture says, with his blood. Now, unlike the sacrifice of an actual lamb, like in the old sacrificial system, the sacrifice of the Lamb of God lasts. It washes clean and is permanent. Like the rain that washes Tim Robbins clean outside of Shawshank Prison, the blood of the Lamb shed for us washes us clean forever. Like the gathered congregation in Revelation, our robes have been washed white in the blood of Jesus Christ. And this, this washing clean, is why we are called blessed even as we go through this great ordeal. Blessed as we are poor in spirit, because ours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed as we mourn, because we will be comforted. Blessed as we hunger and thirst, because we will be filled. Blessed as we are persecuted and slandered, for our reward will be great. This is why, despite the world being the way it is, despite our lives being spent in this great ordeal, this is why Christians finally don't sing the blues.
we sing God's praises, even though life is long. We have been given a new song to sing, and it is the song sung by the saints gathered around the throne in Revelation 7. We know already while we live here, we know today that Jesus Christ has already proclaimed and achieved victory over sin and death. We know it because he died for us, the death that we deserved, and then overcame that death. The tomb couldn't hold him. It is finished. We have been washed clean by his blood, the blood of the Lamb. The outcome is not in doubt. We do not endure this ordeal without hope, without assurance. Because we have hope and assurance, because Jesus did say it is finished, and because the tomb was empty, now we can sing. And what we sing is a song of praise, a song of joy. We sing it now, and we will sing it eternally with the saints. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Thanks be to the God who has saved us and blessed us and called us his own. Amen.